Hello, swim fans. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Swim Bros Podcast. If you're tuning in, you probably already know us, but I'm Kyle House, alongside my co-host, my brother, my partner in crime, and now my swim bro, Grant House. Grant, thanks for joining us today, man. Hey, so uh, if you guys are just tuning in, you're kind of wondering what this is. Uh, it's a podcast about swimming. Big surprise. We're going to basically be breaking down kind of all the current events, all the news and swimming. Uh, we just didn't feel like there was a good place to go from an audio perspective at this point and really get all your swimming news. And I know some of you guys out there just can't get enough. If you're like me and Grant, we just talk about it pretty much every day. So we thought might as well go ahead and uh, you know publish our talks, our insights, our hot takes to, hot the, takes. to, the, to the internet. So... Um, here we are. I guess just a little bit more about the origins. Uh, I'm, I'm a retired swimmer, a swimmer, if you will. I swam at the D1 and D2 level collegiately and graduated in 2013. So now I'm just kind of doing the old go to the rec center and do a couple lengths of butterfly routine, as, as I'm sure some of you out there are familiar with. So I do have a bit of a background in swimming. I currently just sit in my cubicle all day and listen to podcasts, so I thought, hey, I want to get in on this. And, you know, when you kind of think about what what I had to bring to the table, it was pretty much swimming. You know, I'm, I can shred on the drums. I'm a marketing whiz, <laughs> and I know a little bit about swimming. And then I looked, uh, looked to my side, and I have a world-class swimmer beside me here, and he is also a, a world-class singer, but we'll maybe leave that for a later pod episode. Grant, go ahead and I guess, you know, tell us a little bit about your background. I'll kind of fill in some of your some of your accomplishments so people know you're legit once you're done. Well, I've been swimming since the age of six, and I grew up cribside, uh, <laughs> cribside on the pool with my cribside. parents. They were, they were coaches. Our parents were coaches. They are still coaches. Yeah, and, that's an uh, important uh, little caveat I did not mention. Our parents are swim coaches, so we've both been kind of in the pool and around the pool our entire lives. Yeah, 30 plus years for both of them and uh, grew up with it, kind of fell into the sport and uh, grown to love it and it's become a passion of mine and I've swam competitively since since the age of six um, and progressively entered the national stage every, every following year and, and currently I'm attending St. Xavier High School and I'll be a senior entering this coming fall and uh, I'll be I'll be graduating this this uh, 2017. Crazy, it's crazy, crazy how fast yeah. it goes. And you'll you're kind of looking around actually and doing the recruiting process right now. So hopefully we'll be able to dive into that a little bit because uh, I think you've learned a lot, and I know I've certainly learned a lot just by watching the way you've interacted with coaches and kind of how it's changed since I've been in high school. I do want to say I guess you know Grant, we don't want you to brag on yourself, but I'll do it a little bit for you. When I said he's a world-class swimmer, he is a junior world record holder in the 4x200 freestyle relay uh, that you set in Singapore. Was it this year, earlier this year, last year? It was in the fall of 2015. Okay, okay. So that was a really cool experience for him. He's won a few national championships, a couple state championships, uh, some state team titles. I think a y, YMCA national championship. It was Team title or just yeah. individual? Combined okay, so team, both. men's or women's. So you've won a few of each. Uh, you competed in Ireland. You competed in Singapore. Um, so you've kind of kind of done it all, all that you can up to this point, at least. So uh, he knows a bit. I know a bit. And we'll kind of share our, our knowledge, I guess, of the sport or what little we have to offer you guys. 
we're just striving for mediocrity on this podcast. Really, that's all we can. That's all we can bring to the table. From nerds. Yeah. Um, okay, so we'll try to keep these nice and short for you guys. So you can hit them on the commute to and from the pool. Um, you know, I think the first thing we want to talk about uh, current events here. We're what's today say six seven. We're a Tuesday here. We just finished up the Arena Pro Series, so we want to kind of go over the highlights from that. Um, Grant, you kind of followed a little bit close, closer than I did over the weekend. Um, tell us, I guess, some of the highlights from, what was it? Texas was not Arena Pro, but we had Indy and Santa Clara, and then Tennessee as well. Why don't you go ahead and dive in, just kind of highlight the big swims for it. Yeah, so it was a, it was a very big swim weekend. We had a, kind of a five major, major meets, and it was... Uh, the Red Dorio meet in, in North Carolina with some of the Swim Mac guys swimming down there and, and the ladies as well. And then in Tennessee, there's an invite there. Uh, also, the like you mentioned, the Arena Pro Series in Indianapolis and Santa Clara. And then finally, to my knowledge, uh, the Texas lead invite. So some of the biggest swims of the weekend were from Caleb Dressel. He posted lifetime best and tied it in the 100 freestyle. And in Santa Clara, there are some pretty world-class times being thrown down from uh, some non-Americans, but also Americans as well. We had uh, Sun Yang put down the fastest 200 freestyle time in the world this, so far this uh, so far leading into the Olympic Games. Is it Sun Yang or Sun Yang? Uh, I'm going with Sun Yang. Okay, I wasn't um, sure. Uh, with a 144 and followed closely by Connor Dwyer from America with a 145. And uh, a lot of Brazilians and Team Australia were representing there at Santa Clara as well. Who was a big Team Australian guy? Was Larkin there? Who yeah, was... Mitch Larkin was dueling it out with uh, Ryan Murphy and Jacob Peebley in both backstrokes. Uh, Murphy took the 100 backstroke, but Larkin got him in the 200 backstroke. So that is sure to be an exciting duel looking towards trials with the Americans alone and then on to Olympics. Is it fair to say that these meets are kind of a... I don't want to say preview of the Olympics, but at least a tune-up for a lot of these guys, where it's kind of their last big hurrah. Uh, whether I, I just, you know, probably none of the Olympic hopefuls are really tapered, tapered here, but a lot of people trying to make their trials cuts are tapered, so they're pretty fast meets and kind of looked at as, I guess, the last stop before before Olympic trials in Omaha. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This is these all these meets are kind of final tune-ups, a little glimpse of what the elite athletes need to see in their strokes and change going into Olympic trials because ultimately that's the the biggest meet, um, some might say, because it's the qualification and the hardest qualification out of all the countries to make it to the Olympics. Um, so with that, it's it's the last kind of chance, couple chances here to see what they need to tune up on or any strategies they want to try. So one of the uh, big swims that caught my eye was actually old man David Plummer. Um, he threw down a pretty fast 100 back. I think it was a 52 high, if I recall. Uh, I think that was the one that really stood out to me. I think also I saw one of the Litherland triplets had a pretty fast um, 400 IM. Was it like a 413 or something yeah, like yeah. that? Yeah, I don't, I, you know, they, I, like I said, I didn't get to follow this one as closely as I usually do, but um, I saw enough to kind of see that some of the some of the guys you expect to perform well, they, they did. They stepped up to the plate. I saw Nathan Adrian did well, took care of business. Matt Grievers had some good swims. Uh, maybe one of the surprises this weekend, I think, for a lot of people was Phelps. Uh, I know the last day he scratched the 2IM and then the 2 free. I think he was looking to put up a relay kind of solidifying time. 
Um, and I don't think he really was able to accomplish that. In my mind, he's still a lock on the relay, personally. That's how I feel. He is the GOAT, and until I see otherwise, I think he belongs there. But um, was that was there anybody else that kind of maybe didn't meet expectations this weekend or that you're concerned about? Concerned about? Uh, I wouldn't. I don't think so. With regards to Phelps, the, the idea behind him swimming the 200 was in hopes that he would be able to eliminate that from his, his schedule at the Olympic trials, and... That would just be less less stress on his body and, and more time to recover between other events at trials. But since he didn't post the, the ideal time for him uh, or what he hoped hoped to, he most likely will be swimming in the trials in his in his schedule. Kind of something someone that was a little precarious to me was uh, Kevin Cortez. He uh, I was up at Indianapolis for the Arena Pro Series one day and and he didn't look as as well as he had performed in the past, but that might just be due to time of the season, being tired, and uh, just hope, just banking on the rest, being there for a trial. Well, also with him, he trains over in Singapore with Sergio. Am I correct about that? Yeah. He so was. he had to probably fly a long way and deal with some jet lag and whatever. I don't know when they got into town, what have you, but I have to assume that would play into it a bit. Well, I'm not. I'm not sure with Sergio being in Auburn. I'm not sure if he's at Auburn now or if he's still in Singapore. So I read. I believe that he's staying for Singapore to gear up his uh, Olympians or potential Olympians and the, the Americans that he's training over there. I think he'll be there at least through the Olympics before he transitions back to Auburn. Or you know, there's uh, I've heard some whispers of uh, some of those other college openings. I don't know how the contract situation works, but I you know I won't say I don't. Know. I'm just saying, if you follow the message boards, there's some talk out there about these uh, Florida State openings. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. So, okay. So, any other highlights that really stood out to you? Anybody that impressed you with times or you really feel like they're in a good spot right now? Uh, the breaststrokes, the 200 breaststrokes were pretty pretty quick for America right now. We had Josh Perneau put down a 209. It's only two seconds off the world record pace. You had Will Lacone. Go lifetime, almost a near lifetime best in the two reps with the 210. And uh, and also in the 100 backstrokes, you had Ryan Murphy putting down a fast time with the 52. You had David Plummer, who obliterated the heat in uh, Arena Pro Series Indianapolis and won by three seconds with a 52-4 and uh, posted the fourth best time in history of America and uh, kind of made a statement that he's he's here He's here to party for Olympic trials. Oh, man, strength. Dad and, bod. Uh, Dad bod. And Jacob Peebley stepping up in the two backstroke and, and putting himself in position to do some, maybe some pretty crazy in the 100 backstroke as well. And as it, well, yeah, that 100 back is going to be a tough, that's a tough nut to crack. But uh, Got Grievers in there too. Sure, who, who sure. Went a second faster than he did at this point last year. So Interesting. If uh, things go well as they did last year, drop another two and a half off that, then... They're in some serious business. Kind of as expected, the Texas guys, I think, swam really well. I saw uh, Townley had a pretty good 200. Nothing crazy, but solid. And then uh, the other, who's the distance guy they have? Clark Smith. Yeah, he had he had a couple good swims. Uh, you know, no surprise there that Eddie's got them in a good place leading up to Omaha. Uh, which one of the meets, in your opinion, did you think was the fastest, top to bottom? Not just, not just at the top, but, you know, overall, talking kind of top 16. Average time. Well, top to bottom, I'd say it definitely wasn't Indianapolis, Tennessee, or the road to Rio. Um, I think it really came down to Santa Clara or the Texas Elite. And with the limited entries and the Texas Elite, I'd have to default and go to the Santa Clara, just with the high-caliber athletes all around the world that are coming there. 
and the the level of performance they displayed there as well. Fair enough. And they, as far as you know, they had good weather there all weekend. I know in the past, it's an outdoor meet, and in the past they've had some high winds, and sometimes times won't count because they have tailwinds or whatever. They're yeah. too quick. But uh, as far as you know, everything was good there. Yeah, that was actually something Nathan Adrian mentioned in, in Mesa, uh, I think, earlier this year in another Arena Pro Series day. They had uh, white caps. They were they were saying in the pool deck before they were going off the blocks. White and um, and so he said, and he was posting times pretty similar to that when he was having tailwinds, and he was uh, just saying that it's a lot more appropriate conditions and a lot more able to be on line with what they're to expect in Rio. He's he's a beast. It would take quite a win to push him one way or the other. I'd be like, um, okay, cool. So so that was the end of the arena pro series for the year so who took home the titles because as you guys know it's i mean you know the meets essentially swam for money by a lot of people uh, you know that's i think a lot of people's purpose when they head into these things is to win some money for the top three places and then at the end of the year i think the top point winners win a bmw right and then get to take home the purse that they've collected throughout the year yeah this year connor dwyer i, I think he was repeat champion this year but took home ten thousand dollars and a new bmw Ooh. and then uh i think you said maya dorado i took, i thought that's what i read i could be wrong i know ledecky had i think the most points but I, she's entering college next year i believe right so. yeah I, I believe they'll default with Ledecky's payments until she announces pro or or something to that nature because I believe there was a similar situation with uh, Missy Franklin a couple years back leading up to I want to say London. Okay. Yeah, and if any of you listeners happen to you know fact check us here, keep us honest. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter at uh, Swinbros Podcast at you know on the on a Twitter handle or email us at, at Gmail at swimbrospodcast at gmail dot com and let us know. Let us know if we're right or wrong, if we're just being swim idiots or whatever. Okay, cool. So that you know, we kinda wanna keep it to one topic per podcast and then we're gonna do a couple segments. Well, our first segment, I think we're gonna go to our hot takes. Hot takes. <laughs> In this segment, we're just going to kind of give our opinion on something. Maybe it's a little bit out of the ordinary. You guys all know what hot takes are. And, and these can be in or out of the pool. We want to For these segments, we want to kind of mix it up a little bit. We can talk about other sports, talk about pop culture, whatever. So for me personally, I want to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Here, we're recording this on a Tuesday, so we're heading into Game 3 on Wednesday at the Q. I saw the first two games, you know, if you guys saw them, it was it was pretty much a beatdown. The Cavs don't look like they have a shot, but I'm going to go ahead and make the bold prediction that they win game three. I think they'll shoot the lights out at the Q. Uh, I like what they do there. I think they just have a lot better feel. I think they feed off the crowd energy. I think J.R. Smith's finally going to make some shots. Um, and you know what? I'm, I'm, let's make this a super hot take. I'm going to go ahead and say that they're going to still win the series. Wow. Down 2-0. I think they take the next two games. They'll find a way to win an Oracle somehow. I'm going to all ride or die with the Cavs. I, I say they still take the series despite the beatdown they've gotten. That is a scorching yeah. hot take. My eyebrows, eyebrows, my eyebrows, eyebrows are off. Put on your oven mitts. Woo! <laughs> um, so my hot take, I guess, would come from this weekend and in the swimming world. Um, with Michael Phelps scratching the last day, you know, Ooh. old man, old man Rivers getting a little fatigued, maybe. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sure it might have something to do with they just came back from a six-week taper. Or not taper, my bad. Six-week training. Yeah, he wishes it. Tra- yeah, training. Um, altitude, look, right? At altitude, yeah. OTC. And uh, 
So I'm sure he was. They were coming down for altitude, so that's one thing. But also at uh, at his age and and with the level of swimming he is still competing at and the, the events he he did, partakes in, it's it's quite the load. So maybe Sunday was a a recovery day for him to get back to sunny ASU and sunny Tempe and get back on track to realign for these next 20, 20 days until Olympic trials. But yeah, I'm sure outsiders might be a little bit worried. They read the headlines about Phelps scratching. I saw it was even like trending on Facebook. But uh, you know, I think people in the sport know that you just put your faith in him and Bob. They've been down this road before. I'm always amazed at the way some of these guys like Lochte and Phelps can just post terrible, terrible times in season. Or and, and these weren't terrible, you know, certainly by my <laughs> standards. But for but for them, I'm sure they expected more. And then. You know, they turn around and at Omaha, they'll they'll be ready and they'll get the job done. So I have no concerns there yet. You know, certainly I think people were surprised to see him get beat, as as you always are when he gets beaten anything. But uh, I'm sure he'll be able to to pull it together and, and get things ready for Omaha, and then of course Rio after that. So that wraps up hot takes. Uh, one of our next segments is kind of hosted by one of our favorite athletes, Kirk Cousins. You like that? He loves Creed. Uh, Kirk, why don't you go ahead and lead us into this next segment? You like that? 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 All right, again, so this is You Like That. This is a new segment for you guys. So we're going to go ahead and break this down. Basically, we we just introduce something in the, in the current uh, news or whatever that we're enjoying, something that we like. It's pretty much as as uh, as the song goes, as Kirk let us in there. So uh, one of the things that I like, in and this is actually, I'm going to stay in the pool. Uh, it's not as recent as some other news that uh, you might have for us, Graham, but Anthony Irvin made the switch from training at USC out in California to going back home to Charlotte, North Carolina, where his family is. And he's done some training with SwimMac before, so he kind of knows what's going on there, but I really like the move. Uh, I think he's a very cerebral guy. Uh, I know he's getting older. I don't think people really expect him to make the Olympic team this year. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, lock it up. He's making it. He's going to be one of your He's going to be one of your top two guys in the 50. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him qualify for the 4-3 relay, but this is a guy, wow. if, you see, if you see video of this guy swim, his connection, his feel for the water is incredible. I think he's got you know a lot of room to improve on the start, and regardless of how old he is, I, d- I just think he's got enough left in the tank, um, and, and I think with his book release and everything that he had going on the last few months, it was probably a lot of stress for him. Now he's back home, chilling, gets to kind of connect and probably do some meditating, get back in touch with himself, get his mind right, and I think he's going to be ready. I think he's going to be ready and ready to go, and I love the move, personally. I think David and Marshall have him ready to go. Swim Mac always seems to get it done year after year. Of course, I'm a little biased. I did go to school down in Charlotte at Queens University, so yeah, gotta gotta give him some love. But uh, I do. I think Anthony Irvin's going to make it in a tough field. Uh, I think Nathan Adrian's probably going to be joining him. So that's that's my uh, that's my pick of the week for the 53. But go ahead. What's your what do you like this week, Grant? Hot takes in. You like? Oh. Well, I will kind of comment on the Anthony Irvin. If you take a look at that 2012 50 freestyle, he was by far the last one off the blocks. But if I'm not wrong, he was uh, he was closing in on that gold medal if they had another 10 meters. But it's a 50, not a 60. Yeah, I, so, I fully believe that he was the fastest swimmer in the pool for that event. Yeah. Uh, he is. I, I just 
looking at video of him, it's just truly, it's amazing to me to see how his hands connect to his feet and his hips drive his kick. It's just incredible. Um, but go ahead. Listen, that you can't steal my you like oh, that. I wasn't trying to, but, but my you like that this this week and this episode is uh, I'm, I'm currently reading Bob Bowman's new release, The Golden Rules. Mm. And, and uh, two sittings, two times down with the book now. I'm already in 200 plus pages in. And uh, it is it has grabbed me and hooked me and taught me a lot of perspectives on life, both in the pool, uh, but more importantly, out of the pool, to to carry with me the rest of my life and to open some different viewpoints uh, to look at the sport of swimming and how you look at different people and different situations in life. So it's a great book and a phenomenal read for anyone who's looking for a who's a bookworm or looking for a book this summer to sit down and read. Real page turner, huh? Indeed. So tell me, like, what are, do they, is it stories about him and Michael? Is it about, is it just about Michael? Like, tell me what's the general kind of synopsis of this thing. So it does have some anecdotes about he and Michael's experiences together, but it kind of chronicles his, his journey as a coach and as a, as a man in his life and the experience he's gained from that and what he's learned and the processes he's gone through to reach the level of success. And, and Michael is obviously a big part of that. Um, but it's not entirely about Michael by any, by any means. It's just a lot of the experiences he's gone through has been with Michael in the latter part of his years with swimming and the great success that Coach Bowman and Phelps have been through together. But uh, they're also a, a plethora of other Olympians that many people are maybe don't realize that Coach Bowman has coached and put under his his uh, tutelage. Oh, tutelage, hot word of the day. What what's the funny or the I, what's the most interesting story that you can share from the book? Just give him a little teaser. I'd have to say uh, he and Michael when Michael was just a wee lad at the <laughs> age of fifteen. He uh, I guess wasn't wasn't having it one day at, at Old Meadowbrook and NBAC and then Bob Bob didn't want that less than a less than stellar performance so Michael finished the lap Bob headed down to the pool and gave him a what for Michael hopped out and they got into a little verbal battle there with some uh, profane words and oh. uh, and Bob gave him the old heave ho out of practice. Oh so. man, I'm sure some of our listeners can relate to, to that story. I imagine uh, many of you have been kicked out of practice before. I know I have a few times uh, by my own parents, mind you. Ooh. Yeah, uh, That's cool. That sounds like a great book. Uh, go check it out. I'm looking forward to that Irvin book as well. I know that's out there. I just Chasing haven't had waters. a chance to read it yet. I think that's he really interests me. Uh, I think it, it'd be a great read, so I hope to Hope to pick that one up soon, and maybe we'll talk about it on the next podcast. Um, but, man, I think that kind of wraps it up for our first one. We brought it in here right around 25 minutes. Got to give a quick shout-out to our logo creator, Rana, and our music. They have a great song, as you heard on the intro. Maybe you want to use it as your alarm clock if you're a swimmer. A little inspiration. It's called Rio de Janeiro. Fruit Smoothie Trio. You can check them out on iTunes. Joel, thanks a lot for helping us out with that. We really appreciate you letting us use the music. Check us out on Twitter, Swim Bros Podcast. No spaces, nothing like that. Just should be nice and easy to find. And then at Gmail as well. We should be on SoundCloud, iTunes, what have you, uh, within the, the coming days. So hopefully you guys connect with us. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what we did well, what we didn't do well. Uh, we're looking forward to some interaction. So send some questions, send some comments, and uh, we'll try to, try to get back to you or address it on the pod when we can. And tell your friends. Rate us. Rate us on iTunes. Rate us on SoundCloud. Whatever. Spread the word. We're hoping to kind of 
make this a make this a bigger thing and hopefully make it more exciting. Maybe bring some guests on here and there. But um, yeah, this is it. This is going to be pretty much the bulk of the show. So Grant, well done. Good Thank job. Thank you. You as well. Hey. Uh, so that's going to be it, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Till next episode. This is from Bros Podcast. Alright, on Jellyfish, jellyfish swimming in the sea. Jellyfish, jellyfish swimming in the sea. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Why won't you come and play?